I'm excited to welcome back IWI as a sponsor of the Three Gun Show. Longtime listeners will remember IWI and the Three Gun Show's runs at Red October and Kalash Bash with their Galil Ace. Available in 545 x 39 762 x 39 and 5.56, the Galil Ace is an absolute dominator at AK matches. IWI has released a Gen 2 of the Ace with tons of upgrades featuring a free float M-Lock handguard, an updated trigger profile, shortened safety throw, and it now ships with a Magpul CTR stock with a little cheek riser in there so you can see through your scope. And now IWI has joined the AR-15 game as well. Their Zion 15 is available in both a 12.5 or 16-inch barrel with a 5.56 chamber, and it features a free float handguard in 11.5 or 15 inches, respectively. With a mid-length gas system and a 1.8 twist, the IWI checks all of the boxes at an incredibly low price. Whether you're looking for a bullpup, traditional rifle, or a pistol, IWI has several options to satisfy your needs. This episode of the Three Gun Show is sponsored by Isotune Sport. Isotune Sport makes advanced Bluetooth hearing protection for shooters. My hearing is very important to me for obvious reasons, and I absolutely love how quickly their tactical sound control reacts to cut out loud gunfire. One feature, though, that I never thought I would use on the range is Bluetooth technology, and I'm actually kind of loving it. Isotune Sport Ear Pro easily connects to my phone, and from there, I can listen to some Beastie Boys or Poison or even a podcast to get me in the zone while I'm setting up for practice or stirring a rifle, something like that. And if I'm caught by surprise by gunfire from the next bay over, I know that my hearing is safe. Lately, I've been rocking the wireless in-ear caliber model because they are lightweight, have a great uh, battery life, and won't get tangled in the buttstock of my long guns. You can check them out for yourself. I'll have a link in the show notes at 3gunshow.com. I'm pumped to be working with Isotune Sport, and I thank them for sponsoring the show. Welcome to the 3gun Show. I'm your host, Dave Hartman. This is episode 353, and you can find links to things that I discuss in this podcast at threegunshow.com slash 353. Mike Pannone is my guest on this week. If you don't know Mike, I'll just read his bio here. Mike Pannone is a former operational member of the U.S. Marine Reconnaissance Army Special Forces Green Beret and 1st SFOD SFOD-D Delta Force, as well as a competition USPSA pistol shooter holding a master class ranking in limited, limited 10 and production divisions. He has participated in stabilization, combat, and high-risk protection oper- operations in support of U.S. policies throughout the world as both an active duty military member and a civilian contractor. I feel like uh, Mike Pannone has just always been one of those authorities in the firearm space as long as I've been paying attention, and I've read a ton of his articles over the years. Uh, because he has experience both operationally and in competition. So as you can imagine, I was pretty pumped to uh, to get to chat with him. And uh, the topic that we chose, as you can tell from the show's title, is what to do when the protest turns violent. We recorded this at the Shooter Symposium in the summer of 2020 when protests and riots were popping off all over the nation. So it was very timely. You might think that you no longer need this information anymore, and I sincerely hope that you never do. 
but we in the gun culture always like to be prepared for that unlikely scenario so we're not taken by surprise so put this one in your back pocket and hope you never need it and enjoy this interview with mike panone mike thanks for being here and taking a break from the shooter symposium you having a good time so far oh outstanding having a real great time it's students good out here oh they're, they're, they're real good they're obviously really dedicated they want to come out here and train as much and with as many people as they possibly can so it it adds to it it adds to the you know to the flavor of it the excitement and the desire to learn and shoot and all that it's good definitely noticeable good all right mike let's uh let's do our 10 minute talk so what uh what what to do when the protest turns violent so if we're um, say in, involved in a in a protest, and uh, we we believe strongly in a subject, but um, we don't want to uh, initiate or instigate or continue violence, and that protest turns violent. Like, so what what do you do when uh, when you see those indicators, and what what should we be looking for, and how do we get out of there? Okay, the first thing that you're looking for is the, the the point. I would say the you know the point of instigation, the point of crisis, wherever the people are that are beginning to instigate violence. You want to identify where that is. There's going to be some sort of epicenter that you look at. You know, windows start to get broken, vehicles are lit on fire. There's fights. There's going to be a point, a focal point for that, where it begins to go begins to go bad. At that point, you've got to find a way out of it. The key is going to be to identify where that, that, that point of instigation, instigation is, that focal point, and then move the other direction. So there are a couple ways that you can do that. One is you can just directly look at it and see it. Like I look over and there's people, you know, breaking windows and looting places and lighting stuff on fire. And I just go the opposite direction. It's pretty simple. Right. If it's kind of diffused and you can't pick it out and there's, um, there are pockets of, of um, you know, instigators that have become violent, that are, no, that, are, that are trying to hijack this, whatever protest it is or whatever demonstration is, then there may be, there may be independent elements that make it a little more difficult to identify where the actual crisis point is. What you'll, what you'll see are pockets that are co-located. It'll be a larger area. They won't be this group right here. It will be two or three smaller groups. And so once you identify those, then you've got to, you know, extricate yourself from the situation by finding the roads that will get you or the whatever, you know, pathways, walkways, parks, whatever will get you away from them the fastest and get something in between you and them. You start getting buildings and structures, you become isolated from that event. As <clears throat> As long as people can see you, in a, to a certain extent, you're still involved in it. You're still right. there. Once I can no longer see it, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And that, that's going to give you time without observation of other instigators or other people that are rioting or violently protesting, without them to begin to involve you or to attempt to victimize you. So I, want to get, I immediately want to get out of, of sight and hearing of you. Mm -hmm. okay? I do that by identifying where that that kind of crisis point is where things are starting to go bad and find a place that I can get away and I can get away from your visibility it's really that's really important um, once you're there then then it's just a matter of navigating your way out the key obviously is always going to be to try and try and get away from it as soon as you recognize it's beginning to go violent you need to get out of it because if you wait too long then you wind up getting sucked into you get sure. you get contained in it and it's really difficult to get away at that point right now what what if you're there with uh with someone under your care be it um uh a spouse loved one friend um youngster or something like that what kind of language do you use to communicate that like this this is serious it's time to go that's if you're going to some sort of demonstration or protest or whatever that should be something that's already established if, if, if I say, we have to go, I just mm -hmm. say, listen, we have to go. That only means one thing. I'm never going to say, listen, we have to go unless it's effectively an emergency. Right. It's like a, it's like a, a like a, a duress phrase. 
okay? If I said, hey, hon, you know, it's getting kind of late, you know, Kayla needs to get to bed, you want to head out? That's different from we have to go. Right. And so those kind of things are clear, concise, unambiguous. I say to you, we have to go means we have to go. There's no questioning. There's no, I obviously see something that, that, that leads me to believe that we are in some way in jeopardy and we need to leave this, the, the area immediately. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's something that you arrive upon and you agree upon prior to. And then it becomes, it becomes a, trigger, a trigger phrase. So that, that's what I would do. And then have a plan. If you're going there, especially in the times that we live in, you can, you can reasonably predict yeah. that there is a good likelihood that things can go bad, that there, the, um, the time of day that it goes on, daylight, daylight protests and marches are statistically far less violent than evening ones. The later in the evening, the more violence comes out. The more the crowd begins to change from people that, that may or may not be legitimately protesting. That's a, that's a function of opinion, yeah. but they're not violently protesting. Okay? As it gets later and later, you start, to, you start to change. The demographic, for lack of better terms, begins to change. And those people, the instigators, and those people who just want to loot and steal stuff sure. come out. And that's where the later you are, the more you have to be concerned with it. You also have to understand that these things turn in a second. Like they're not violent, and they're everybody's you know chanting or doing whatever they're doing, and all of a sudden, someone breaks a window and lights a police car on fire, and then the other the other instigators or rioters go, "I guess it's time to yep. you know break windows and light light Ga- police cars on." Came on, this is what we're doing. Exactly, and so it turns. You know, in in several places that I've seen, it's turned in a matter of minutes. And guys that I know that are that are, uh, that are law enforcement officers that have been out there while these are happening told me two two specific ones one in southern california and one here in texas told me that when things when things go bad in the current paradigm that we're in Mm -hmm. when things go bad they go bad like almost instantly like within five minutes really yeah they said once it starts the windows break a car gets lit on fire somebody breaks into a store and starts looting and it's on it's like a switch like binary it's like okay we just went from zero to one go so 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 it seems like the people that are uh there are waiting for the signal waiting for like a go time they're, they're waiting for it, it appears they don't want to be the first person to start it, it appears that they're waiting for somebody to break the ice and okay. then and then everybody jumps in okay so it, you that's why the time the, the timeline of whatever you're attending is going to be really important sure okay? <clears throat> so um once you've done that you also have to have um if you're going to those you can't you you cannot allow yourself to be separated from those in your charge right okay the people that you're you're your wife, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad, your brother, you know, whomever it is, you have to have positive control of them. Nobody gets away from anybody else. If anybody gets split up, you've got to have a, a, like basically a link-up plan. Like a rendezvous kind mm-hmm. of You have to have a, um, um, a, a, a link-up plan that includes a rendezvous point. We call it in the military a no-coms, you know, link-up. Like if I can't call you and you can't call me, we both know to go to this particular spot and wait. Okay, something like that. It's back in you know back long long time ago when we didn't when everybody didn't have cell phones. I remember you were that in a shopping mall. <laughs> your mom would say, "Hey, if I if you get lost, go here, and I'll right. meet you there." That it's, it's the same thing. People have been doing it since the beginning of time. Yeah. Okay, it's a rally point if you're an infantryman. Okay, so you've got to have a rally point. If if we get split up and we've got no communications, everybody meets immediately over here, and then you put a timeline on that. If if I can't find you and you can't find me in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Everybody moves there. And we all link up. And we start all over again, or we go home and try later. But the, you've got to have a couple plans in place because things are are escalating and degenerating. Okay, yeah. both you know, in in the same time, they're they're escalating into be, in in more and more energized. Um, what do you call it? Uh, protests and then they become they and then they they just just kind of spin off the rails and now they become violent instantly. So you can kind of see it coming, but but it's it's still. 
you get people loud and boisterous, and it just kind of goes and goes and goes, and then it, it peters out. Or people start to get loud and boisterous, someone breaks a window, someone lights a car on fire, and it's instantly on. So they're very mm-hmm. unpredictable. So having plans in place prior, if this happens, we do this. If this happens, we do that, is really important because you're not going to come up with a good idea in the middle of it. No. No. Okay. So, Micah, we got a couple minutes uh, mm-hmm. left here. I want to um, switch the scenario on you. Um, you're out to dinner, driving home, and you find yourself in the middle of something. You didn't plan to be there. You didn't know it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, around you is um, what appears to be a uh, protest about, mm-hmm. um, about to turn violent, is violent. Your car is starting to get beat on. What do you do? I am going to keep rolling. I'm, I'm going to make every effort unless I am I am definitively in jeopardy of life or limb. I'm going to keep the vehicle rolling, but I'm going to make every effort not to just run people over. Right. I'm not just going to hit the gas and, 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 and you know run over five people in the street. But I'm not going to stop the vehicle, and I'm not getting out of the vehicle. As soon as I feel my life is in jeopardy, then I will do whatever it takes to safeguard myself and those in my charge. Is, is that, that is that broken glass, or do you have a whatever, personal line? I I, I, or is I would. Situation I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be very dependent. I don't think I know it's gonna be very dependent on who's there. If it's just me, I'll play it out a lot longer. If it's my daughter and I, I won't. Right. Okay, so now the level of jeopardy I am willing to assume for myself is not the same as the level of jeopardy that I'm willing to assume for an 11-year-old girl. Right. So, that, and that's, that is a mistake that protesters make when they start banging on somebody's car and you've got somebody like me. If it's just me, we'll play it out a little bit. I don't want to do this, but I, I get insurance. I'll, I'll be fine. My truck will be okay. My daughter's in the car. Now it's a completely different, it's a completely different emphasis for me. I have to keep her. My job is, you know, to protect Kayla and fix things. That's what I do. <laughs> and so I got to make sure she's okay. And whatever that takes, I'll deal with all the rest of it, but you're not going to jeopardize my daughter. Okay, so it's like it, there's, there's a couple, there, there are criteria that are going to be met, and, um, and, and they're going to change how I respond. But don't stop the car, don't get out of the car, don't get pulled out of the car, because once you do, you're at the mercy of the crowd. Right. Absolutely at the mercy of the crowd. And then you are, you should very well be in fear for your life. Yes, yes, absolutely. So some of these, uh, these videos that we've seen in, in uh, uh, you know, I, I guess, name a city, it mm-hmm. it freaks me out just like how fast a guy goes from trying to have a conversation to he's mm-hmm. out on the ground and he's not not waking up. Yeah, and like that that for me is like the everything you need. It's just the the one video of some dude passed out on the ground, completely vulnerable. We, no matter what protect, self protection yeah. gear he has with him, he is out we have, to the world. We have as a culture with what's going on, we have normalized interpersonal violence. Mm-hmm. We have it used to be. A year ago, you didn't just do that. No. The police came. You were arrested. You were prosecuted. It was assault. It's huge. We have literally normalized violence. And you see it on TV all the time. So two, two people arguing because they differ politically. One strikes the other or one hits the other with a, with a sign or something. That is assault. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. You get assault and battery and it, nothing happens. They just walk away. It, we have normalized violence, interpersonal violence in our society. We have normalized guns in public. We have normalized rifles in public because because the the political climate that we are in does not want to deal with it. And so you have to take that into account. When you go out somewhere, you have to assume that there's going to be a ton of people armed, regardless of what the, the legality is in that state or locale. It doesn't matter what it is. There are going to be people armed, and there are going to be people that are willing to perpetrate acts of violence on you because they don't like the shirt you're wearing, they don't like the color of your skin, they don't like your political beliefs, or they just want to victimize somebody because they think you look like somebody that's not not of their stripe or camp or whatever right it's we have 
We have normalized interpersonal violence in our society, and it is very, very dangerous because when, when, when the genie comes out of the bottle, it gets ugly. I've seen it in other countries in the world, and it is not a good place to be. And, and, and people listening to this, man, be guarded about that, okay? Be mindful of that because that is a road we don't want to go down because to get back from it is really painful. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how do you reel that back in? I don't think it's a quick process to, to come back from that. Think about it. I mean, if you look at a... Um, when, when anything becomes, when anything goes underground, okay, mm-hmm. or anything becomes extra legal, we just go outside the law, but it doesn't get enforced. Think about like organized crime. Yeah. How do you get rid of organized crime now? It gets bloody. It literally gets bloody. We've normalized violence. Now we have to all of a sudden say violence is not allowed anymore, but we've built up, you know, a, a period of time where we weren't enforcing the law, where it was okay. We, we effectively yeah, tacitly approved like six of months, it. right? Yeah. We tacitly approved of interpersonal violence without provocation, and now we have to stop it. And that's why it's, it's a, it is a, it is it is a time in 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 my lifetime. I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen the like I said the normalization of interpersonal violence without any provocation or validity. You just I just decided to beat you with a bike lock yeah. because you because I think you're because I think you disagree with me. You know, it's it, it is. Um, that's the weird thing is, is like it's. Not even a conversation. It's I think you disagree with yeah. me. There's no verification or anything. And it's it is it is overwhelming in one overwhelmingly in one direction. It yeah. is overwhelmingly in one direction. You have people with masks and you know motorcycle helmets on, just literally victimizing people because they don't like they don't like the way they think. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's truthfully it's a terrifying it's a terrifying thing to really to think about because that's how you that's how you get you know death camps and that's how you get re-education camps historically that's what happened people yep. said you disagree with me you're evil you don't just disagree with me now you're evil and when you're fighting evil everything's in play oh so, yeah and and that's where all this violence comes from you're not just you don't just disagree with me you're evil and i have to stop evil and uh, whatever i do to stop evil is authorized and by giving tacit approval to interpersonal violence without provocation you're effectively saying you can decide what you think bad is and then you can act on it we're in dangerous times. We really are. We absolutely are. So one final thought on uh, on avoiding uh, these types of situations. A, a lot of that is they're, they're, they are very localized. These protests, I mean, they're in urbanized areas. They're in specific cities. Overwhelmingly, those, those cities have specific political leanings. Mm-hmm. They have um, leadership within those cities that has given, um, you know, basically a tacit approval to that kind of conduct. Um, there are some cities that, that don't have any of it or have very, very little of it, had one outburst of it. I'm in Arizona. Phoenix, you know, Phoenix PD and the Phoenix area wasn't putting up with it. We have none of it. I live in Tucson. We have none of it. Doesn't exist. There's just, not, there, it just uh, that whole, all the protests and the glass breaking, and it, it just doesn't exist. Okay? And it's not it's not a big town. It's only about 500,000, but it's not a small town, but it doesn't exist. Yeah. And there's very, very, there was a little burst of it at the beginning in Phoenix, and they just said, no, we're not doing that. So there are the cities that allow it, Okay, we'll have more of it. Okay, you get you get the behavior you, you basically reward, and they will be very localized. If you're in Portland, the downtown Portland area is a bad place to be. So, mm-hmm. like, avoid it. Don't go there. I would say, just stay. I mean, me, I just stay away from protests. Stay away, no matter even if it's if it's a pro protest, if it's a pro march for something that you're like you're for law and order, you're for whatever. At this point. The, the whole social contract was that the police would protect people effectively from each other who disagreed. Now that's gone. Yeah. You've had the defund the police. Now they're like, hey, if you don't want us around, we won't be around. That's what you wanted. And now that they're not around, once you get what you want, 
You won't want what you've got. And that's what's happening with all these areas where the police have stepped back. I don't want the police here. Okay, fine. We were not going to be here. Then they're like, where are the police? Like, wait a minute. You wanted us to go home. So we went home. We're out of your business. Like, no, but we want you here when we want you here. And that's, it all comes off the rails that way. So there there are localized areas that these things happen in specific cities. Be mindful of that. Where you live, you should understand it. If you're in, in a different city, get on the internet and look. Have there been protests? Have there been violent protests? Have there been arrests? Have there been assaults? You know, it's we're in a time where you have to actually do a little a little area study and go, is it safe to go here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is weird. It's to, very weird. To think that it used to be you had to look at like concealed carry laws when you travel. Now there's like completely different considerations. Uh, absolutely, to, to there absolutely at. is. So yeah. yeah, it's definitely we we live in a, we live in a very strange and very dangerous world right now, and so everybody's got to got to have their head up and their wits about them because things happen, bad things happen routinely and they happen rapidly. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, uh, you you be safe. Yes, sir. Uh, enjoy the rest of your your class here. If people want to get a hold of you to seek some training out, where do they do that? Uh, you can look. I have a um, website. It's www.ctt-solutions.com, and classes are listed up there. And uh, Instagram site that I put stuff. It's the real CTT Solutions. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not hard to find. I'm like the only one-eyed Delta guy out there that's teaching <laughs> that's teaching stuff. So. If you like Mike with one eye from Delta, it'll come up. So Right on. Well, thank you, All Mike. Right, man. Thank All you right. much. Mike Pinot, everybody. The Three Gun Show is proud to be a part of the Firearms Radio Network. If you like this type of content, help us grow the show and the shooting sports by sharing with a friend. Just open the podcast app you're using right now and hit that share button. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the range. <laughs>